Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the border of Sweden, where I am on the phone together with our Back to Jerusalem team in Canada, both uh, Christy and Denver Polson. Hey, you still there, Christy? Yeah, we're here. We can hear you, Eugene. Great. Uh, it is so great to hear your voice. Um, I'm loving what is taking place with the Back to Jerusalem office in Canada. We're looking forward to our tour this fall. But that's the, the main reason why I wanted to do a podcast together with you is that you are working on a project in your area to share the word about the value of life. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing right now? Yes, we're we're super excited to host the movie Unplanned. Unplanned is the true story of Abby Johnson, a former director of a Planned Parenthood clinic. She was involved in upwards to 22,000 abortions, and she counseled countless women about their rights, um, their reproductive rights. And her passion was so strong that she... You know, she took it upon herself to become a spokesperson for Planned Parenthood, fighting to enact legislation. Until one day she saw something that changed everything. She, What she saw led her to join her former enemies at 40 Days for Life. And she has become one of the most zealous pro-life speakers in America today. So here in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada... We are hosting a private screening of this film, and we're super excited. We're doing it um, the day before it premieres across Canada, inviting leaders in our area to come and view this film for free. So we're really excited about that, Eugene. Um, I haven't seen the the movie. I would love, 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 love to see it. But I've heard Abby Johnson speak in several venues. Um, she can be found on YouTube. One of the things that I like about her is that she's a very – not only is she well-spoken, but she's able to break things down in a very understandable way. And she's kind of – she's she's illuminated a lot of things as it, as it pertains to abortion uh, for me. And, um, you know, uh, I don't know if, um, if some of the people in our audience are li listening, know this or not, but Abby Johnson, who is, um, an American, uh, she's a, a practicing Catholic and was a practicing Catholic while she was performing abortions, or at least that's what I've understood from her, from yeah. her speeches. And she talks about the, the percentage of women that get an abortion that are from the church. So one of the things that she identifies is that the number of the number of women that identify as Protestants um, that get an abortion is over thirty seven percent, and the number of women who get abortions identify as Catholics 
over 31%. So you have, um, you have well over 60%. So two thirds of all the women who go and get an abortion about roughly two thirds, um, of the women that get an abortion are Christian or identify as Christian. And one of the things that Abby Johnson said that really shocked me is that abortion isn't a social problem. It is a church problem. It is a problem in the church and not many churches are addressing it. Do you know, do you, do you have a, a feeling why, why churches aren't really talking about it? Is this, or has this been your experience at all? I mean, uh, maybe, you know, I'm not familiar with your church in Canada. Um, uh, but is, is this something that regularly comes up? Is this something that is ever brought up, uh, in a sermon or at church? I personally have never, never heard this issue being brought up. And the last couple months, that's what I feel why we're to step up. Um, and help support this movie, support this testimony, because um, the church is silent on it. And those statistics are heartbreaking. They're heartbreaking to me. And our prayer for this event is to is that, one, people will gain education and understanding of the brutal and lasting effects of abortion on women, and, two, that they would be ignited to Seriously, compassion and love and leave compelled to to be an active pro-life voice in their community, in, um, in their local community, provincially and federally, and start speaking to our government, start speaking and sharing the truth about this issue. And we want, we want, thirdly, we do want people to share this testimony. I feel like it'll bring courage and boldness to people to start speaking. Share Abby's testimony. Invite them to the movie. Let people decide for themselves. In Canada right now, um, free speech is being um, is is basically non-existent. That's what we're seeing by this film not being allowed to come. By the government saying no. By it being such a fight to get. Um, into Canada, and with the abuse that's happening right now, um, as of the day before yesterday, we had two theaters cancel the movie because of the bullying, because of death threats. They they've just canceled it. These people aren't Christian people. The cinema owners, they're just bringing it in as, for business, and they can't handle the persecution and the bullying that's happening. So we're praying that. Um, all of the theaters will stand their ground and play this show and let God do what he wants to do in Canada. I feel like he He is going to bring down abortion in North America. And Abby's story is he's using it um, to do that. Yeah, she's a real force. So Abby Johnson is a real force. And one of the reasons why she's obviously a very passionate, intelligent, very well-spoken woman. Uh, and one of the reasons I say that is because she was the youngest, uh, I don't know if it was president or director or whatever it was of Planned Parenthood, uh, in the history of their organization when she took over as kind of the leader of her clinic. And so she was a shining star among the Planned Parenthood uh, community. Uh, 
And, and of course, she was very aggressive in the way that she went and counseled people to get an abortion, and she performed quite a number of abortions, as you pointed out. But one of the things that I love is that her the movie, even though I haven't seen it, I've, I've listened to her speak about it. The doctors and the nurses that she worked with helped her put together this movie. And so for, for what I, if, if you go to, um, some of the more liberal posts, for instance, uh, so Huffington Post is, is very well known as being extremely liberal. It's a website that I go to every day just to kind of get the other side of the view. Um, uh, Huffington Post said that unplanned is loaded with dangerous lies. And so they go through and try to debunk a lot of the lies. The problem that they have in debunking the lies is that Abby Johnson was a higher ranking person than the people that are used to debunk her. The other problem that they have is that they cannot tell you that Abby Johnson's medical staff or the, the doctors and the nurses that she worked together with are now working together with her or did work together with her in order to do the consultation for this movie to make it as real as possible. And um, and, and so I, I feel like that gives this movie a lot of legitimacy. With her coming in with that kind of experience and tell you exactly like this is what happens. One of the things that I found amazing about Abby Johnson is she exposes some of the lies about uh, Planned Parenthood and the idea of abortion. And so if anybody has ever watched any of the debates in regards to abortion, what they often say is that abortion is a woman's right to choose and it is the right of a, a woman to have a medical consultation together with her doctor without the government getting involved. So it is between a woman and her doctor. Abby Johnson points out that there's no communication between the woman getting an abortion and her doctor. The only time the woman ever sees her doctor, at least in the Planned Parenthood clinic of Abby Johnson, was when the doctor came in to do the abortion. And that's not for a conversation. The doctor's not there to learn about the patient. The patient doesn't learn about what the doctor's doing. The patient lays there and allows herself to be, you know, scraped, um, or, or, you know, the abortion to take place, uh, by the doctor without any conversation taking place at all. That blew my mind. That, that completely invalidates the argument that so many people have about this being a situation between a woman and her doctor that they should be able to be private. Now, I don't know how it's carried out in Canada. The rules might be completely different, but that was Abby Johnson's experience, and that's what she's she has shared in the times that she's spoken in the past. Yeah, unfortunately in Canada, um, in our nation, abortion um, can take place at any phase of the pregnancy um, for no medical reason and us as taxpayers um, at our expense legally. And there are no laws. We have zero laws to protect the unborn and to really protect the woman. Um, so it, it is so sad, and we, we just really believe in our heart that at this moment, this conversation matters, and we want to just encourage Canadians to go see this film, to make up their mind where they stand on this issue, and to become a voice. 
Um, you are uh, participating right now in securing a theater, which is not easy. Um, can you just share again the details about what area of Canada you are in? So if any of our listeners are in your general area, they can come out to watch the movie, become more informed. Uh, they can also come, if they've already seen the movie, to support uh, what you guys are doing and trying to get the message out there. Um, what are the details? Where are you at in Canada? Where's the theater? Uh, when is it playing? Can you just uh, reiterate that again, please? Okay. We are hosting a private screening. So we have bought at a theater. We can hold 195 people. The tickets are free, um, but it's by invitation only. So it's happening July 11th from 630 to 9. And if you would like an invitation to this private leader screening, you can email us here at Back to Jerusalem Canada um, at officeca at backtojerusalem.com. And Denver and I would love to send you an invitation if you are in the Red Deer, Alberta, Canada area. Okay, so that's office ca at backtojerusalem.com, office ca at backtojerusalem.com. If you are around the Red Deer area, please contact Denver and Christy. Um, let them know if you would like to come to this private invitation only screening. You can write to their email. Uh, we are so excited about partnering together with you on this. This is something that I'm pretty passionate about as well. I have been for a while. This is one of the reasons why uh, I joined the military. I mean, abortion kind of uh, sets with me in the way that I believe that our duty as Christians are to protect those that cannot protect themselves. And there is no better, um, if I believe, cause than protecting the innocent life uh, that is being killed on a daily basis with abortion. And um, and this is something that I believe it goes to the very heart of the value of life for every single individual. I believe that the Bible teaches us very clearly that we are all born with a purpose. We are all called by name. God knew us before we were knit in our mother's womb. And that I believe, this is my own personal belief from what I have derived from the Bible, that that it takes that man was made in the image of God and that it takes both men and women to adequately represent the image of God and that it takes all people at all times that have ever been born, that ever will be born and never got the chance to be born to represent the image of God. So every single individual is a unique glimpse of what God looks like and who he is. And I'm not talking about the outside. I'm talking about the inside and the contribution that each of us are to make to this world. And when you snuff out a life, you are killing the, the representation of our amazing God so that we can know him better. Um, we know God through his word. And I think we know God through relationship with one another as well. Um, I know that this, this topic can get a little gruesome for some, and I know that sometimes it can, it can be a situation where, where children can be traumatized with some of the visuals or even explaining some of the details of abortion. But I want to just play a quick file. Christy, you'll probably be able to hear this. Um, it is a doctor 
who holds up a device very much like the one that was used when Christy is describing an abortion. Uh, sorry, not when Christy, when Abby Johnson is describing an abortion. Um, this doctor probably puts it in one of the most um, kind of clinical um, um, uh, sanitary ways that I've heard is, is before Congress. He works together with Abby Johnson um, and he tells – uh, it, just really quick. It's a really quick clip on one tool that's used in abortion. Um, Christy, you may not be able to hear it. If you can, um, you'll 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 know when we come to an end. If not, if you can just hold on, and then I'll tell you when the file is done playing. Okay. Sure. Okay. After suctioning the amniotic fluid out from around the baby, you introduce an instrument called the sofa clamp. It's about 13 inches long. It's made of stainless steel. The business end of this clamp is about two and a half inches long and a half inch wide. There are rows of sharp teeth. So the, the man that is showing this device, it looks like a pair of tongs that you would use on your grill uh, to you know turn the meat around. The only thing is that at the end of these tongs um, are really sharp teeth that grip and tear. Uh, Christy, were you able to hear that that video? Yeah, I could. Okay, so I'm going to continue playing it. This is a grasping instrument. When it gets a hold of something, it does not let go. A DNA procedure is a blind abortion, so picture yourself introducing this and grabbing anything you can blindly and pull, and I do mean hard, and out pops a leg about that big, which you put down on the table next to you. Reach in again, pull again, pull out an arm about the same length, which you put down on the table next to you, and use this instrument again and again to tear out the spine, the intestines, the heart and lungs. Head in the baby that size is about the size of a large plum. Can't see it, but you pretty good idea you've got it if you've got your instrument around something and your fingers are spread about as far as they go. You know you did it right if you crush down on the instrument and white material runs out of the cervix. That was the baby's brains. Then you could pull out skull pieces. And you have a day like I had a lot of times, sometimes a little face comes back and stares back at you. Congratulations, you just successfully performed a second trimester DNA abortion. So he was describing a second trimester, not even a third trimester abortion. And I know, I know, trust me, I know that that's hard to listen to. But I think it's important to understand the evil that we're up against because the evil is so vile. It is so violent. And I believe, Christy, that these are the forces that you're up against. As you are 190 people, that's not even a lot of people. I mean, that's that's not a big group. I mean, that's a small church meeting on a Sunday morning. And yet you are experiencing this this huge resistance against a, a, a community that is not above turning violent or making threats so that this movie, this truth does not get out there. Yeah, it is. It's 100 um, percent demonic, if you want to say um, and we just, you know, really want to be a voice for life and want to bring encouragement. And I do want to say, you know, for people that maybe there are some listeners that, you know, you are a young woman and you're in a crisis pregnancy um, situation. Um, I was one of those girls at 16 and, and it is tough. I have a lot of compassion for women in that place and I understand the battle you're going through and what people throw at you, you know, the abortion option and, 
you know, you can't raise a baby. What are you thinking? You're being selfish, all these things. And I just want to say that you have what it takes. God has given you that baby. It does not matter your situation. He has blessed you with that child, and He will be faithful to help you through the pregnancy and through the delivery and through um, whatever you choose after the baby is born. You know, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up um, because that is also a little bit my my own wife and I's story. You know, when we first started dating, um, we were both a part of the church. We were both practicing Christians. We were both in love with God. We we went to Calvary Chapel in, in Costa Mesa in California. Chuck Smith was one of my favorite pastors ever. I used to listen to his grandfatherly voice coming across my radio late at night, every single night on K-Wave, Wave of Living Water. Uh, when I would go to sleep as a teenager, I became a Christian at 14. When my wife and I started dating, uh, we were com- we were com- committed Christians, but we started to spend time alone, and you know all of our plumbing worked. So we ended up you know having premarital sex against God's desire, and she got pregnant before we were married. And so you know there, and she comes from a missionary family, so the shame was huge if people would have found out. So it was very much an option. Uh, to get an abortion at that time in order to, uh, save, and I, I, you know, I got out of the military. I went through college. It would have been easier to do those things without a baby, you know, in our mind, in our rational mind. It would have also been good to keep the, I, I don't want to say the, the, the name as if my wife is from a royal family, but when you come from a missionary family, the missionary family, especially from Scandinavia, is pretty small. And having a baby out of wedlock is a huge, you know, thing. And it was, this was a worse thing. I think it was viewed as worse, you know, over 20 years ago. Uh, when my when my wife was pregnant, now things are a little bit more relaxed, almost too relaxed in the way that you got couples in Scandinavia that live together without even getting married and have families and everything without any marriage certificate whatsoever. But it was a very real challenge. Now we did get married uh, before the baby was born. Um, I'm glad that we chose to to keep the baby. But like you said, we're not in any position to judge women that are in such a hard position. Um, my wife has very close friends, four out of the this very small number of close friends, four of which have gone through abortion, and all of them are against abortion. Um, and not only that, but out of those four, a couple of them had huge complications with their pregnancies where they actually had to go through medical treatment in order to have a baby. Because um, abortion, the, having an abortion messed up their reproductive organs in order to have a baby. This is something they they try to tell you that there's no risk. In fact, I started off with this podcast a little bit, sharing from Huffington Post, where they were you know talking about all of the lies. In this same article, they basically say, um, "I'm going to just try to scan through it while I'm he- going through it here." It says that. Um, it is a, it is a very, oh, it says abortion. It says this, this is quote, abortion is one of the safest outpatient procedures that you can have in the U S you are less likely to have a complication than a colonoscopy or a wisdom tooth extraction. So that makes it sound like, wow, that's, you know, pretty safe. But in our experience, 
50% of the women that we know in our small little circle that have had abortions had problems having a child when they chose to actually um, have a baby. Um, and, uh, and that's sad. That's, that's, that's a really sad. Now we are involved in the Philippines in running a clinic that is specifically for women in the Philippines because it's a Catholic country and having a baby out of wedlock is strongly condemned. So we provide service, uh, postnatal, postnatal and prenatal care for women that are not married that want to have their baby. We provide uh, shelter and support for them and training for them. And then also, if they do not want to keep the baby, then we provide an, a, 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 an orphanage for the child as well as adoption services for the child so that that life can be saved. And kudos, kudos, kudos to those loving mothers who chose life over convenience. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good, Eugene. That is one hope of mine, even in showing this, having this screening, is that people will, well, one, that reformers will arise, um, that will bring change to our laws in Canada and, you know, step into those positions. But um, the other thing is for the church to begin to offer, offer what you're doing in the Philippines. Start these homes, you know, be a solution to young women in this situation, love them, you know, take care of them, help them through, through those difficult times. And we need that in Canada. We need it in America, we, just like we need it in the Philippines and, and other places, third world places. The interesting thing is, cause I think a lot of people, a lot of listeners right now might be listening to this podcast and thinking, what? In the world, does this have to do with Back to Jerusalem? And I believe that this has everything to do with every single Christian living and breathing in the world right now. Um, one of the things that we see inside China is forced abortion. There have been so many congressional testimonies of women that have been brought to America to share about how they had babies in China and those babies were killed after birth. So infanticide is being practiced. Um, women that had more than two children were forced to go on to certain um, uh, medications that would keep them from having babies. Uh, women that were caught pregnant within their third trimester where abortions were forced upon them. Very, very gruesome events, traumatizing events where women lost babies that they were so looking forward to having and holding in their arms. So this is something that the Chinese church has been facing for years. In fact, I can't give too many details, but there is a woman that I worked together with in Beijing. She had two children. One of them she had to hide. Because she was only allowed by law when her babies were born to have one child. When she had her second child, that child was not allowed to be alive. So she had to hide the child. There are so, there are hundreds of thousands of children like this in China. This is one of the reasons why in China, even today, we do not know the real population. Uh, that's why people say, well, there's anywhere between 1.3 to 1.5 billion children. Well, that's 200 million children that we don't even know how, you know, if they're in uh, China or not, or people, popu the population of China. And the reason why is because China has so many children born on an annual basis uh, without 
birth certificates. And they're born without birth certificates because the mothers are scared to death to let the government know that they're having a baby because they know that the baby will be killed. The government officials will send out law enforcement personnel to come hunt them down and physically extract or kill or abort that baby. This is a battle that we have been facing for a very, very long time inside of uh, China. In fact, there is a ministry based out of Boston um, that stands up for these women that are forced into abortion. But I would, I would go so far as to say that this is a spirit. This is a spirit of evil that the church has been, that has shied away from like cowards. And it's something that I believe that we have to stand strongly together, not in a way like you said, Christy. I I love the way your voice comes across. You can tell that you are loving and compassionate. That's one of the things that Abby is very strong for, that this is not a, if this is not something that the church needs to stand together and condemn. This is a this is a, 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 a situation where the church needs to stand together and support life. We need to support these women that are going through horrible decision uh, making processes where they don't see a way out. They don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. They don't see that there's any other answer to their dark situation except for abortion. There are so many men that are. Um, Pushing women that don't want to have abortions, pushing them into a situation where they can, they, where they would have an abortion. And, um, before we had the one child policy in China, I remember reading a book called White Devil, um, by Ruth Bell's, uh, father, um, uh, Billy Graham's father-in-law, Billy Graham, the well-known evangelist in America. His father-in-law was a missionary in China for over 25 years. For those that don't know, Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Bell, was born and raised in China. And she tells a story very clearly of her childhood where she remembers walking along the road as a little girl and seeing aborted ba- – or not aborted babies, abandoned babies, babies that were abandoned by their home just thrown into the ditch. And the reason why at that time was that there were superstitions in Chinese homes that believed that if a child got sick and they died of an illness, then their spirit would stay in their home and take the lives of the other children. So it was a different lie, but it was the same result, which is the babies were then aborted or thrown out or abandoned. And so she remembers as a little girl finding these babies in the ditches on her way to school and picking them up and and running back home to her father, which is a missionary doctor, and then giving her father these babies so that he could, you know, tend to them and and bring them back to to health again. So it was a it was the a, a different reason, but I believe to be the same spirit. I believe that this is the same spirit, Christy, that we see in the Bible as well, where we see in Exodus, um, Deuteronomy, we see it uh, talked about where the foreign nations were uh, sacrificing their children. Some of their children were being sacrificed in fire. And in fact, one time God told his people that they were not to share in this sin. 
They did, however, as Psalms 106 relates, that they mingled with the nations and learned their works and they sacrificed. This is uh, from Psalms 106, 35, 37, and 38. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons and they shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, desecrating the land with bloodshed. I believe that when we participate in abortion, it, it seems like it's a different reason, but it's the same evil spirit that wants to claim the likeness of God and snuff it out from the face of the earth so it doesn't get to the, it, be a blessing for all generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly right. We're just, uh, <laughs> it's the exact same thing happening, except our idol has become convenient or or money, or our work, or, you know, women, these false women rights. And, you know, we've just aligned with the world. I'm talking about the church, like me as a Christian, you know, have let some of this stuff into the church, and we actually can't discern. We haven't been able to discern, and that's why abortion has taken off. That's why it has been allowed in Canada for 50 years, full-term abortions, no laws. And so it is time for the church to um, to stand in righteousness, to stand in purity, and to, to be a voice of life, just simply love and life and truth. It's not, we don't have to fight this demon. We have authority over it. We just need to be truth. We just need to be life and the people, you know, the women that are in these situations, they're they're going to choose the right thing. When they are loved, when they are cared for, and when they know the truth, they will choose life. Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that I found very interesting is that prior to Mother Teresa passing away, a lot of her quotes were uh, uh, were blocked by Twitter and some of the things that she would say were blocked by uh, Twitter. And uh, she was such an amazing woman who dedicated her life to orphan children. And, um, and she, and she said, how can there be too many children in the world? That is like saying there are too many flowers in the world. And she, she actually points to abortion as being one of the greatest destroyers of world peace, saying that I feel, this is her direct quote, I feel that the greatest destroyer of world peace today is abortion because it is a war against the child, a direct killing of an innocent child, murder by the mother herself. Um That, I mean, that to me is one of the, is one of the, the most, Un- un- understandable uh, acts where you take the nurturing nature of a woman, the very thing that she's, uh, you know, in, in her DNA, and the enemy is able to pervert that, like you said, um, for convenience or for money or for a job. I think that many churches in the West, in America, Canada, Western Europe, where I'm talking to you now from, um, have become egocentric. 
And an egocentric church is not evangelical. An egocentric church is not uh, mission-minded because to be evangelical, to be a mission-minded church, you have to be sacrificial. And to be sacrificial goes against the very idea of an egocentric gospel, the belief that everything about the gospel is to make my life better. And the promise of an abortion is to make my life better. I'm not ready for a child yet because I'm still needing time to myself. I'm not ready for a child yet because I still need to make more money. I'm not ready for a child yet because I still need to complete my education. I'm not ready for a child yet because I still have an image to maintain and it would be a shame for me to have a child without. You know, there's so many lies that the enemy tells women and and makes them so scared so that they were forced into this practice. And it is so sad, so incredibly sad that women have been failed by the church. When two thirds of all women that get abortions come from the church, whether from the Catholic church or the Protestant church, what a shame for us as Christians to know that the those that are in our congregations, those that come into our fellowships, those that walk through the doors of our church do not feel like they can get support love or, or or help from the very people within that building it or, or in that fellowship that to me is a is is a wake up call it should be a wake up call to every single christian listening to this podcast that we need to buck up we need to pray we need to be open we need to be loving we don't not to condemning People need to know that they can come to us with their sins and we will be there to help. We will be there. And and this is so important that we understand the difference between compassion because compassion and, and love, I believe, are different than compromise. And they're being confused in today's church. Compromise is being confused with love where people are saying, well, if you do not accept Abortion. If you do not accept a woman's right to choose, if you do not accept the homosexual lifestyle, if you do not accept two people living together that love each other, but they're not married, um, then you're not being very loving as a Christian. No, we are to love everybody. We are to love the sinner unconditionally. But we have a message that gives life. If we embrace sin, we are embracing damnation for both the sinner and the saint. And love, true love, is sacrificial. The love of Jesus was not easy, and it never compromised. The love of Christ did not compromise. It was sacrificial. Yeah, that's right, Eugene. I just pray, I mean, I want to be a voice, and I know that um, all of our listeners right now they have something in them that wants to be a voice of love and, and compa- true compassion to people. So we just encourage all of you um, to step into that and let the Holy Spirit empower you and lead you to love in truth powerfully, whoever God brings across your path and to, and to stand for life no matter what. 
Amen. Can you just share again um, for those that are listening to this podcast, maybe somebody was listening, being like, you know what? I'm not from Canada. Uh, I live in America. But all of a sudden, as you're listening to this podcast, you became passionate. Uh, you you realize that maybe in your church, you haven't heard anything about abortion. You haven't. I mean, so many Christians don't even know where their church stands on abortion, which is so sad. And now you have compromising taking place with even people in the position such as the Pope. And so there are people that are now listening to this podcast and being like, you know what? I didn't know where I stood on abortion. Um, I thought it was the compassionate thing to do to um, support choice or – which is a nice way of saying that you support death. Um, but if you now realize that this is something I want to get behind, I want to – I want to get behind this. Can I encourage you to pray for the Paulson family as they take this step, as they face the enemies of darkness, as they promote life in their society, as they promote life in their nation? And maybe you just realize that, you know what? I know somebody who lives in that area. And if you wanted to share the information, please take this podcast, share the information, or just invite them to write an email to Christy and Denver and, and ask about the private screening that they are going to be having uh, this month, July. Uh, we're going to try to po post this podcast a few days before they actually do the private screening. Uh, Christy, could you one more time, please just share about the details of the event? as well as where to and how to connect with you. Okay. So, again, we're hosting a private screening for leaders July 11th at 6.30 to 9 at the Carnival Cinemas in Red Deer, Alberta. And if you would like a, a personal invitation to this, there's only a few tickets to this event, so it's by um, invitation only. Please email Denver and I. Um, at the office, so office ca at backtojerusalem.com, and we would love to send you an invitation to this event. Awesome. So, guys, please, if you're in the area of Red Deer or you know somebody in the area of Red Deer, connect them to this event. That's uh, office C A C like cat A like apple office C A at back to Jerusalem dot com office C A at back to Jerusalem dot com. Write the letter to Christy or Denver and just say, Hey, I would like to support what you guys are doing. Hey, I would love to see this movie. I'm, I'm living in the area. Hey, I got somebody that's living in the area. Um, how can I get them invited? Um, and if you do not have anybody in this area, could I ask you? to join together in spirit and in prayer to pray together for both uh, Denver and Christy. Christy, thank you so much for joining us. I know Denver's in the background probably listening, eavesdropping over your shoulder. Uh, we love both of you so very much. We're so excited about the difference that you guys are making in Canada for the area where you guys are living as well as making an impact around the world. After this is done, after this event is done, uh, would it be possible for you just to write up a little uh, kind of brief and let us know, for those of us that are praying together with you, standing shoulder to shoulder with you in the trenches on, while you're doing this event, would it be possible for you just to write something up so we can post it on backtojerusalem.com just to let those that were praying for you know how it went? Yes, for sure we'll do that. And we thank you all so much for praying for us, for praying for our province and 
and lifting Canada up to the Lord as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. We love you. Bless you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Eugene. And thank you for joining us for another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless you.